Astrology. What's your experience been with it in dating if one person is totally into it and the other person is totally against it? So cis heterosexual men, the traditional way that they respond to astrology, you would say has been what? I, it, horrific. It seems like girls try to justify a lot of things. Like they would be like, oh, that's such a, a Pisces thing. The most frustrating thing I think about dating is that people assume that I'm going to say, oh, well, I'm a Leo sun and a Cancer moon and a Scorpio rising. Oh my God, I can't date you because you're a Virgo. It is a very like negative thing. It's almost treated like I'm like just this like silly little girl who believes in the stars. They expect me to go, oh my God, we're so compatible. Let's go fuck. The issue that, that men ultimately have with astrology is we like to kind of manifest our own destiny. And the idea that the stars tell you exactly who you're supposed to be just leaves free will out of the equation altogether. Girls have unmatched me on dating apps because I've been like, oh, I'm not really into astrology. He was a Leo and she didn't want to date a Leo. And that has always kind of bothered me because you shouldn't put people into boxes. People that are are doing the work on themselves and like in tune with themselves believe in astrology. And since men don't want to do the work. <laughs> what men hear when women say that they are super into astrology, they hear you're into the Easter bunny. Yeah, it can be a judgmental, mean, hot ass mess. So let's try to Marie Kondo this bitch up after this. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say, welcome to Lovers and Friends, a podcast about love, sex, and dating. Today, specifically, we're talking about how all three of these combine when it comes to astrology. Even more specifically, we're talking about how love, sex, and dating work when one person believes and the other doesn't. And as you heard, it doesn't always work out that well. Men don't believe in astrology it's just because we got like, that's a lot of shit that we got on our plate to worry about. Like, why would we worry about some astrology shit? A lot of men that I date, astrology really makes them feel uncomfortable. A lot of the time they will respond by saying, I think it's bullshit, etc. And they'll make some snarky remarks as well. On dates, I actually avoid bringing up astrology though why you always gotta ask somebody what they saying is? <laughs> yeah you for real <laughs> why you gotta, that, that don't mean nothing that don't mean nothing and there is a confession that i have to make before we go any further i have been a big part of this culture of intolerance for different perspectives because i've been a firm non-believer in astrology <gasps> arguably for my whole life but really in the past two years i've gotten pretty aggressive about my stance. And I know that aggression has been irritating, if not hurting some of the people that I deeply care about, both in this community and in my inner circle. Two people in my inner circle, actually, I invited onto the podcast in the third segment to directly apologize to. And I brought you here specifically, really, Amber and Tony, but we're newer <laughs> friends. But like you said, we're really Amber to apologize. <laughs> Really to apologize. <laughs> Sorry, I can't tell if this is a Wait, brace yourself. Something else is coming. <laughs> no. Again, you can hear more of that conversation in the third segment, but here's what I promise you're not going to hear in this episode. A debate about whether astrology is real or not, because what I found is really, it's kind of irrelevant since real is relative. 
But the one thing I do want to explain is the reason people infringing their astrological perspectives on me has been unpleasant. So my core beliefs on who I am are based on who I currently aspire to be. I define myself as a one of a kind creator with infinite possibilities during my finite time here on this planet. In short, I am whoever I consistently decide to be. I believe my concept of self needs to be ever evolving. That's why I believe defining myself through my power to change is essential. And while through conversations I've had on this episode in particular, I learned that some practices of astrology do make room for this. In my daily life, I don't always feel that way when someone I barely know starts making big assumptions about me, my character, or my children's character based on our birthdays, this thing that we have zero control over. Ooh, if you want to get under my skin, please try to tell me about my children that you've never met based on what you think you know about Scorpios and Leos. But I'm telling you this to explain, not to justify my feelings of negativity toward astrology, because even if someone does something that rubs up against my beliefs, that does not give me the green light to infringe or sometimes even attack theirs. It's a recipe for a dead end to intimacy. And why would I walk that path knowing that? So if we can get past trying to convince each other if it's real or not, we can focus on the real truth. It doesn't matter how people arrive at self-insight. It matters that they're actively pursuing it in some way, any way that positively impacts them. So whether your Myers-Briggs assessment, your mama, or your birth chart told you that you are disagreeable in ways that foster creativity but prevent connectivity, as long as you take that information in, evaluate it, then decide how it benefits or doesn't benefit your life in meaningful ways, you're Gucci in my books. Meaning, no, I don't love astrology for me because it's never led me to self-insight that felt impactful or directional, but... I want to love astrology because it has done that for a lot of my lovers and friends in real life and again, right here in this community. And maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum. In either case, I hope we can all agree that we need a middle ground if we want to work together in harmony and not a middle ground between who's right and who's wrong like Jubilee attempted with this episode. Guess what I was getting to is we're all bits and pieces of energy. So everything that exists in our universe is energy. I right? think that we're getting confused with our definitions of energy. I think that's mm. where the, mm. like we have a different definition of like more scientific definition of energy. But a middle ground that goes beyond the ego to achieve something even more important than righteousness, intimacy. Now, a big reason I am even making this episode or capable of making this episode is because of insights I gained from Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. in the book, The Five Levels of Attachment. So before we proceed, I want to share my big three ahas from that text. Number one, let go of the need to be right or wrong, especially when the goal is to be together. Freedom of choice is not about being right or wrong. It is about opening up the channels of communication and respecting one another as human beings in order to create a community that we share with one another. When we become too attached to an ideal, the first thing that we lose is respect, first for the people around us and eventually for ourselves. Number two, when we focus on trying to enlighten others to the truth or our version of the truth, we lose the opportunity to try and understand each other. When we think that we know more or better than someone else, we are setting ourselves up for a clash of beliefs. 
This is what corrupts a beautiful idea. The idea can be anything. Civil rights, tolerance, world peace. So that's what we're trying to do here. And to get there, I got to start with me. I need to understand more about how astrology has been used by people in order to accept and love themselves then their romantic partners. I also need to brainstorm with people in the astrological community, plus people in my own circle who are believers, how non-believers and believers can stop pissing each other off. So let's start with the leading voice of the astrological community. Eliza Kelly is a celebrity astrologer, columnist, best-selling author, and host. Eliza has been featured in the New York Times, the New Yorker, Vogue, In Style, The Cut, and so much more. She is the author of three books, most recent being This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life. My conversation with Eliza was full and enlightening overall, but my favorite part of the discussion came at the very end because that's when she basically laid out a clear path to a middle ground between believers and non-believers with these really powerful questions. Taking out the astrology jargon from it, and this could be actually very interesting for your listeners who would know what I'm saying, but I'm not going to say what the placements are. There's really like six core personality-defining qualities of astrology. And the first is, what is your perception of reality? How do you move through that reality? How do you feel about your reality? How do you like to communicate? And what communication makes the most sense to you? What are your values? And what do you see as a value? And what motivates you? What inspires you? What turns you on? And those, we all have planets that are associated with. But if we take out the planets, those are the questions. Ultimately, that's the conversation I want to have, you know, is how do you see the world? How do you feel about the world that you live in? How should I speak to you? Can you answer those questions? Uh, I see the world as a place where I have to work really hard. Um, I move through the world with, I hope, warmth and radiance and bravery. I feel everything. <laughs> I'm an extremely emotional and extremely sensitive person, and that can get very overwhelming for me. Uh, I love linear communication. I love clear communication. I love over-communicating people. Um, and I want to be told everything. Um, I value beauty. I value um, partnership. I value collaboration. And uh, what motivates me is becoming better. And I am a Capricorn rising, a Leo sun, a Pisces moon, a Virgo Mercury, a Libra Venus, and a Virgo Mars. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot of people who could do what you just did. That was really impressive. I mean, Thank I'm sure to the, the last half, you might as well have told me that your pizza's got right. pepperoni on it. But that first part, even being able to answer those questions, like when you were asking me, when you were posing them, I imagine being asked them and feeling overwhelmed by it. So I'm really just wowed by your ability to have such a clear idea of who you are today. Thank you. It's a work in progress. That's what motivates you. It is. <laughs> That's at Mars. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like how you weave it in there, okay? You're not smothering me. You're sprinkling it. Yes, I can respect yes, yes. a sprinkle. I respect a sprinkle. <laughs> 
I didn't lie, right? Those are some damn good questions and I challenge you to answer them, which you might want to write them down and start doing right now before you get sidetracked by the rest of the episode. With that in mind, let's take a little ad break, then dive into the meat and the heat that comes with this episode. Some people, it just doesn't matter to them. They're very, they're fine with just not going deep, you know, very surface level. And then they find other surface level friends. And see, I don't like this language because it sounds judgmental. (laughs) It's people that make astrology judgmental. Astrology doesn't make people judgmental. You know, Mm. astrology should actually enhance compassion and empathy and patience and kindness. Right after this. Let me ask a stupid question because I love those. Um, what do would you say that astrology helps you fill in the blank? Astrology helps you see yourself, the people in your life, the situations that you're in through a more comprehensive, multidimensional, multi-layered, and nuanced perspective. I don't know what that means, but it sounds nice. <laughs> You're like, that's beautiful. <laughs> astrology <laughs> is everything. Astrology is astrology is um, a perspective on seeing the world. You know, astrology is like a, a microscope and a telescope at the same time. I love that. Astrology as a perspective actually is a big aha for me. Okay, so when did it become the perspective of choice for you? It became the perspective of choice for me when I was in my early 20s and I was living in Los Angeles and I felt like I had no idea who I was, what I was doing, what I wanted to do. And the combination of my circumstances being very challenging and having just a very realizing that I did not have a strong identity. So I knew I was a Leo and I identified with some of the Leo qualities, but it certainly was not everything. But I was introduced at that time to the moon sign and to seeing, you know, it's like, oh, you're not just your son, you have other things. And for me, that was being a Pisces moon and reading the description of a Pisces moon, seeing that it is so emotional, so psychic, so empathetic, clarified so much about my external experience being so different than my internal one and most people not getting it, including myself. So at that time, it gave me permission to be more complicated, which is really what I needed because I felt very complicated. And from that, I was hooked. The word complicated sticks out to me because in my experience with it, it's used as a way to simplify. And I think that's where I've kind of bucked up against it because it's a way to put people into labels or categories to easily understand them with the least amount of information possible. Um, So it's like a simplification model. Oh, you're this, you're that. So now I can make all these other assumptions about you. Whereas I view myself through the lens of complication. I view myself as a definition of I am whoever I consistently choose to be. Mm -hmm. So the idea that there is a set of I characteristics or traits that are chained to me, that doesn't really feel comfortable for me. So I want you to expand to me more how it allows for deeper complication within your definition of self. So in so first of all, to address the sort of like oversimplification, you know, the truth is, is that that's not really astrology. That is um, such a watered down 
more of a marketing tool than it is actually astrology. And, and this is no shade on sun sign horoscopes or brands that lean into, you know, using the Zodiac to curate their products. Like it's fun. It's great. It's, you know, it's really playful. It's in the zeitgeist, but real deep astrology is incredibly complicated. And basically the way that it works is that at the time that you were born, um, the sky looked a certain way. You calculate a birth chart based on that time, date, and location. And every single thing that was in the sky when you were born represents something. So the moon is emotions. How you're expressing your emotions is the zodiac sign. And then all of the connections it's making to other planets are going to show harmony, disharmony. It's going to show tension. It's going to show, show conflict. It's going to show where they get along, where they don't get along. So you are looking at hundreds of data points in tandem to try to work ideally with someone to figure out, well, what does this mean for you? <laughs> so like, you know, this is when the astrologers get mad at me, but the truth is, is that astrology is also biased. It is also being filtered through the person who's interpreting all of these things, even though there are certain um, you know, classic canon associations of planets and signs and the relationships that they have with each other, the way that an astrologer is putting that information together, synthesizing it, and then translating it is within the vocabulary and the scope of that individual, mm. right? But it's perspective. Yes. I used to be in a space with astrology wherein it wasn't my perspective, but I appreciated the value that it has because it gives people language to describe intimate parts of themselves, their needs, their needs from others in a way that they don't really get anywhere else. Cause we don't get taught sex in school or relationship education in school or emotional education in school. Yep. And this is a pathway for people to identify these words that can be really powerful in communicating your needs to, to someone else. And so I don't care what you call that. It's powerful from that perspective. And so I used to have a really like a peaceful approach with it, but I think for some reason, the past couple of years, just the way that it has become more popularized and the way that I see it utilized as a place to box people in, I think has been making me feel like I don't know how useful of a tool this really is in that regard, because it feels like a need to skip steps of like intimately getting to know people. I think in a lot of ways, what you're describing reminds me of the type of mindfulness that we need to move through the world in at large. It's people that make astrology judgmental. Astrology doesn't make people judgmental. You know, astrology should actually enhance compassion and empathy and patience and kindness and a recognition of the fact that we can all meet closer to the middle you know, we can, we all could use a little more compromise in our lives. And if, when we have interpersonal relationships, understanding that your partner and their needs are not the same as yours and using astrology as a way to facilitate that is a beautiful thing. But if you are shaming your partner for having certain attributes or you're just assigning them to them without even having a conversation of, does that resonate? Does that hit? Does that feel like you? then you're using astrology wrong, you know? But that's not an astrology issue. It's a, it's a person issue. I would love to hear how astrology has transformed your intimate life, specifically your romantic life. I mean, it's really, um, I'm probably gonna get emotional because meeting Luke and going on my first date with him, mentioning astrology and not getting that initial cishet dude pushback on it and instead being sort of like, oh, like he met me with like, that's cool. I think I'm a Capricorn rising, but I don't know. He was curious. 
And that curiosity, I really like, I felt it as such a different way of, of being able to show up, knowing that he was not judging me, shaming me, sort of treating me like, oh, one of those astrology girls, like that he was opened and interested in what I was fascinated by and studying. But the second date, I came in with our compatibility and showing him the lines and showing him like why we are such a good match. And mind you, this is the second date, you know, like there's, <laughs> it could just not go anywhere from here. But his openness and his receptivity from the jump allowed us to establish a language based on similarities and differences and how we could learn to communicate through talking about similarities and differences. And in meeting him, that gave me the permission to not just have my astrology interests and hobbies and study as something that was sequestered to sort of the people in my life who I thought could hold space for it, but it gave me the space, it gave me the permission and the confidence to build my career out of it. And it was astrology that led me to start getting you know, more traditional mental health care. I found a therapist after my first astrology reading and I continued to sort of integrate those together, you know, learning about myself through this perspective and then also using the resources of therapy and mental health and at different times medication in order for me to be able to regulate my internal and external experience. What would be some of the things that you're like, what I learned through this helped inform me in really practical ways in our relationship? Um, so many things. I mean, we, our brains process information very differently. Um, I have a much more sort of linear processing. I think in time, you know, I think in almost like a chronological order and he thinks he's a musician and he thinks in energy, you know, like he thinks in an experience, he thinks experientially. So, but because we have this understanding of how we are different, I'm setting myself up for success. I try to set him up for success as much as possible. Does it help in sex at all? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, and also like, <laughs> Luke's going to kill me when I start talking about our sex life. I think that also recognizing that we have like, uh, the astrology means that we have different ways that we approach sex. We have different libidos. We have, and I can see that from an astrological perspective. He has a Mars and Gemini. He's ready to go whenever. I have a Mars and Virgo. I'm like, I, things for me, I need to like take more time. I need to get prepared. And I usually need about 24 hours notice so that I can prep for that. Whereas he, with his Mars and Gemini, he could, any, any time, anywhere, no problem, you know? So being able to speak that language through astrology does sort of... Um, allow us to have more patience for each other and to be more compassionate about our needs being different. What I'm appreciating about this is it is just a different way to understand and describe yourself as you see yourself today. Is that accurate? Can we use the word today or when we talk about astrology, are we talking about the way that you are, period? We can use the word today. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. We can use today because I, I like to give this example. I think it's actually really important. Um, you can have two people with the born on the exact same day at the exact same time in the exact same geographical location. So they'll theoretically have the same birth chart. And these birth charts both say, this is a very creative spirit. This is a creative soul. 
the baby who is raised in a family that supports the arts versus the baby that is raised in a family that does not at all fortify or encourage that artistic expression, they're going to have totally different lives. And it's not a value judgment of which life is better, but should both of these people come to me asking for my interpretation of their chart and I can help offer guidance and wisdom and perspective that allow that person to create less, um, to, to create less distance between what their reality is and what their soul wants to be doing. Because people don't come to an astrologer because everything is just normal in their life. Everything is fine. You come to an astrologer because you need something clarified that you can't clarify on your own. So then is this a case of nature versus nurture? Yeah, I think astrology is nature and nurture combo at its finest. I think that it is both sort of like, you know, there are things in the chart that are invitations for someone to tap into, but then there's nurture. I mean, that person who has a very creative chart, whose parents wanted them to pursue a very traditional corporate life, maybe doesn't want to pursue creative passions. Maybe they're like, no, I'm good. In which case they're probably not talking to me though. <laughs> you know, like they're probably not talking to an astrologer. I think that astrology works for people when they need it to work for them. What does that mean? I think that astrology is being seen. Astrology is is feeling like you know what you need to know when you need to know it. And that's kind of like a, a mystical law, you know? It's And it's also how, why I like astrology is because it is not didactic. It is not about evangelizing people. It is not about trying to convert people into astrology people. If for those who it has changed and improved and helped provide greater a greater sense of fulfillment in their life, that is who astrology is for. That's beautifully said. We talked about the fact that there's no like board of ethics, right? So a lot of people, specifically like I think in an intimate setting, I told you the story of Bill Maher that I was on his podcast and we were just chatting and he asked about my due date for my baby. And then I said it and I was like, when's your birthday? This is a fun fact. Might as well have asked him, do you like pizza or sushi? I don't give a <laughs> fuck. And then he was like, oh my God, like you're not one of those astrology people, are you? And then I was like, no. Um, and then he was going on to explain how a lot of the people that he dates, you know, that this is a way that they subscribe to life. And so that visceral reaction must come from a way that people engage with it that irritates people. Um, one, it could be to your point because of the fact that they're afraid of the self insight it will invite. Right. I mean, he, and he does fit the description of the cis het yes, male, white, white male. male. Yes, yes. yes. He does fit the description. <laughs> but I think from somebody who personally might feel that eye roll internally when people do it to me, it's because I don't want someone that I just met making gross assumptions about my character, my potential who I will and won't be based on something I have no control over. So that to be said, how do we integrate astrology into intimate connections in a way that helps bring people together? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question and it's a hard question. Setting people up for success, not pushing an agenda, um, and then also asking questions, you know, like being, staying curious. And this goes back to the the bias, right? The interpretation, you know, for someone who is learning the language of astrology, maybe they're a beginner or maybe they're even intermediate and they have decided that a Mercury in 
Libra expresses itself this way and that's that. And then they're not actually having a dialogue about what it means for that person in their life and asking them like, do these qual- do you identify with these qualities? If so, how? If not, tell me more. Then you're not doing a good job with astrology. You're not listening, you know, because astrology is also to facilitate deeper conversations on an interpersonal level. You still have to stay curious and you still have to allow a lot of room for being wrong and for changing your mind. And if you can't change your mind and change your perception of someone, again, it's not an astrology issue. It's a person issue. Mm -hmm. I want to play a do and don't game with you, which I feel like, I know you're not sensei of all things ethical in this space, but (laughs) from your expertise, because you are my preferred expert in this space and I adore the work that you do. If we talked about integrating astrology into your intimate interactions in a positive way, do's and don'ts, like do on a first date, don't on a first date. Yeah. Do ask your date for their time, date, and location of birth if you want to get their birth chart. Um, Don't read their chart without their consent. Don't dictate to them who they are. Use it as a conversation starter. Use it as a way of getting to know someone rather than make assumptions about who they are. Don't think that it's one size fits all. Don't assume that everyone is going to take kindly to it. I'm wondering if there's a kind of a less intrusive way of introducing your belief system and asking if it applies to somebody else than the question that is posed today, which is, what is your sign? I really don't ask that question. I try not to. I mean, because it's not, you won't get enough information. If I, if I ask that question, it's usually when I'm in a group of people and I want to see if other people have similar signs and birthdays, just because I like to you know, sort of like bond people like, oh, two Aries over here, two Libra. Very cool. Very cool. As like a way of almost like an icebreaker. Yeah. Yes. Intimacy is intimate. I think you should be really mindful of how you build intimacy, which includes astrology since it is such an intimate language. I think that's a really helpful pointer too, because it does create a space wherein this is something for people that you want to get to know deeply versus a way to assess people very deeply, very rapidly. Right, exactly. I think that if we are in our process of being sensitive to the labels that confine identity, we also need to be sensitive to the labels that would confine us astrologically. And the guessing of a sun sign is a stupid ass parlor trick that doesn't work and shouldn't work because that's not how astrology operates. Mm Mm-hmm. Astrology has to be a conversation. It has to be a deep dive. It has to be experiential in order for it to, for the astrology that I'm talking about, for pop culture, marketing, mainstream, fun, digestible astrology, whatever, you know, fine. But for real astrology to be a tool for healing, you have to go deep. I want to kind of just close this off with, for because it's not going anywhere. Astrology has, it's never, it's been around. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> and it's increasingly become a part of the way that people understand themselves intimately and the way that they want to understand others intimately. So for people who are not subscribing for scientific reasons, or maybe again, like for personal reasons, 
What would your recommendation be for those people to exist in a world where this is a perspective that's not going to go anywhere and should matter? Just be kind. Just be kind to people who enjoy it and just try to be open-minded and think about the fact that people are using it not sometimes just because it's fun, but also sometimes because they need it. And it's, it's a form of healing. And for those people who really rely on this language, it's not, it's something that works and a lot of things don't. So it's an, it's a critical tool for a lot of people. Shout out to Aliza. We have a really big, beautiful thing in common. We share a manager that we both really deeply care about. I met Aliza years ago because my manager was like, you guys are my faves. You got to get together and chat. And then we also got to connect again at his wedding. Um, And then here on this podcast, I've actually been a guest on her podcast as well. Aliza, I adore you. Thank you for your work. Uh, Thank you for your friendship. So if you want to also be a part of Aliza's orbit, make sure you go and get her new book called This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life. You can find that at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. You can also find her on Instagram at Aliza Kelly. Find the spelling in the show notes. Lastly, you can listen to her podcast, Stars Like Us, which is available wherever you're listening to this podcast. So I've been teasing this third segment quite a bit, and now I want to dive in. I sat down with two of my friends who are believers in astrology, whom previously I've taken every opportunity that they brought it up to try to knock their belief system down and prove to them why they're wrong and why it is wrong. And I've been fucking dead wrong. And I had to say that and approach the conversation with curiosity and again, with the hope of a middle ground in mind. And that's what you're about to listen to. So the guests are Amber Whittington, my bestie, you've heard before in the podcast, one of the leading voices fighting for equality for the LGBTQ plus community. Amber is changing the world by using her platform to educate global audiences on black and queer experiences. I also want you to meet Tony Romiti, an athlete turned singer who parlayed viral fame into pop stardom. She got hits on hits on hits, hundreds of millions of listens across all of your favorite streaming platforms. She has also made music alongside rapper Ty Dolla Sign and guested on DJ Charisma's 2020 single, The Facts. I am interested to hear your perspective on what you think is going to happen today, Speci- <laughs> specifically Amber, because you and I talk about astrology quite a bit. Yeah, just the astrology versus the non-believers, you know, those that believe in versus those that don't, because that's all you and I battle with. As soon as, if Shannon and I go anywhere, and if I'm like, oh, what's your sign? Here goes, oh, <laughs> she hates it. She's like, I'm going to go get a, a snack or a drink. I'm I feel just like, like she did wow. that to me when I asked her the first time, but not that hard, because obviously you guys are closer, but she definitely was like, I don't believe in that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and I brought you here specifically, really, Amber, and Tony, but we're newer friends. But like you said, we're really Amber to apologize. <laughs> really to apologize. Sorry, I can't tell if this is a Wait, brace yourself. Something else is coming. <laughs> no, it's real. Because I had a realization recently that it doesn't matter what you believe in. What matters is that this system of belief has given you an opportunity to get to know yourself, to explain yourself to others. Mm. And so whether or not I agree with the origin of how you've come to this place, I love who you are as a person. I love your self-insight and I should not be attacking your perspective the way that I have. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God, that was recorded, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, Shan. That was beautiful. I know that was hard for you. No, I mean, I think I listened to this book that was called The Four Agreements, and it was talking oh, about yeah, belief book. systems. Um, <laughs> Here we go. I'm sorry. Actually, oh, no. It was called, it's called The Five Attachments. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one's good. <laughs> but it was talking about belief systems, and I realized that being a non-believer at an extreme level is the same as being a believer at extreme level. Mm. Like, not giving space for other people's other truth. People's tr- opinions. And then yeah. also, too, like, not really caring how you get there, but more so being curious, like, okay, you're there. Like, let me learn more. So I wanted to bring you guys here because I don't think I've ever even asked you. I'd I'd love to know why you're drawn to astrology and what it provides in your life. Astrology for me has given me a chance to get to know myself and people at a level that sometimes they don't even see about themselves. So there are a lot of very similar qualities with signs. And so that's why I told you that like, before I go on a date or I start to date people, I literally ask for their- Birth chart. Yes. Or I get get them on CoStar or whatever, because I want to get to know them because some personality traits I know I'm not going to get along with and vice versa. Like even before I ever started reading anything about astrology, the characteristics that people would describe me as, when I finally started looking into astrology, it was weird. Because like, give me I'm an like, example. Like they say that Aries women can be more um, masculine energy, kind of like more just. That's true. Like this one, just you know, like more, more of just more masculine energy, um, more fiery, like God, yeah. short-tempered kind of vibes. And then when I read it, I was like, oh, this actually does kind of really make sense for me. There's so many times where I can just guess what somebody is based mm-hmm. on how they're acting Same. because of how much I've read about astrology and just me being the type of person that is, you know, I ask a bazillion fun questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm always figuring, you know, f- learning shit about people. And yeah, I, it always comes down to it that there's so many similar qualities. Once you can guess somebody's sign or you think you know something about someone's sign, how does that impact like how you're able to care for them intimately mm-hmm. or love them romantically? I think certain, like for me, the reason why I ask before I go on a date or have our interests, not like connecting with someone in a way that I feel like they might stick in my life. I want to know these personality traits so I know what I might get from them, right? So certain signs literally are selfish or they might not be thoughtful or they might not show up. You know what I'm saying? Like how you, uh, how I prefer to have friends show up. So then that will tell me like, oh, I can be cool with them, but not super close. So those things. You make that level of deciding about somebody without even like really getting to know them in person. Just No, based I on give their- them an opportunity, but um, it's because I read people really well as well. And so a lot of times I have an idea of what they may be, but then hearing that confirmation or what their rising may be or what their emotions <laughs> may be really does help me. Like you just dated somebody who was really into astrology too. Yeah. So like how did knowing all that you knew about that person's astrological makeup impact the way that the two of you could love each other? Our moons are different, right? So I already knew that emotions or, you know, difficulties or things that might come up, we're going to differ. What about for you, Tony? How does it like help your romantic relationships in particular? Well, yeah, like me and Jacob, he's an Aries, I'm a Leo. They say that we're supposed to be compatible. Us being fire signs, we understand each other more emotionally because we're both impulsive. We both have this like... I can't explain it. We're both very similar in a lot of ways. And I I guess I kind of just chalk it up to the fact that we're both fire signs. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better. We didn't even say that at the beginning, but I'm a Virgo, <laughs> Libra rising, Scorpio moon. 
What about you? Shan, do you know? I literally have no idea. God, I've been well, trying Shan's to get an Aries. Yeah, she's an I'm Aries. I'm an Aries. I had my birth chart read once. I told you this. I've definitely done my dabbling in terms of astrology. And I went through a period of time in my life where I deeply didn't know who I was or what mattered to me. And I was like willing to do anything. I was doing sound baths. I was going to church. And so I think I was open at the time. I've just never had an experience with it that was illuminating to me or like made sense to me. But in full disclosure, I don't know the answer to that question. And I've never like beyond that experience, like sought out the deeper. Well, we got to do that because it, it definitely I think pattern matters. does that though, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why I was like, if you're on pattern, then you know, you just got to know. But it didn't do anything for me. What time you were born. Yeah. And where, like, we'll we'll do a breakdown. We'll do a an update video of this. But it really does matter because there's generic descriptions of every sign. So it's very important to like learn it all. Yeah. If it's your perspective and you believe in it, we're just gonna do it. We're just okay. gonna see how it goes for you. Shay. <laughs> I guess this is the point that I was making too: is that like for non-believers and believers to come together, there has to be a respect for the fact that, like, in my vantage and experience, this has not been a useful tool for me. Yeah, but I have to add the for me to it. Yeah. But I love the fact that people that I care about, people I want to get to know, it's been useful for them. So how do we come together without me trying to convince you that it's not useful because it hasn't worked for me and you trying to convince me that it is useful because it's worked for you? Why? Just because you differed on that for years doesn't mean I judge you, right? I just yeah. know that you learn about people differently. I vibe off people differently. I read people differently than you. But we still literally almost sometimes come to the same judgment about people. Let's be real. It's just, we do it differently. So I respect you for that. And I feel like you respect me for that other than making fun of me sometimes. And, um, and it works. Yeah. It is interesting though, to think about it, Shan, that you don't think about astrology when you, when people are doing certain things. Cause I swear my brain will just do that. Just go. It's like when yeah. someone starts doing certain shit, I'm like, when's your birthday? Me too. Cause I but just, see, I'll ask different <laughs> questions. <laughs> I'll ask like where they're from or like what yeah, they I do, do for too. a living. I like, do that too. That's what I mean. Like in my list of questions to get to know somebody, I would never in a million years ask for their sign because it, it one, I don't have enough information about it. And two, I've never found it to be like a reliable source for identifying things about someone that I need to know to like learn about them. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if for you, that comes up like probably top three questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's for me, what's so fascinating is the way that people describe things. That's what makes me a lot of times be like, what sign are you? Right. Because I'm a Virgo, I'm over analytical. I might notice some things that people don't see, right? Or the way that people work or whatever. So if somebody comes up to me, I'm like, oh my God, did you just see that person? Oh my God, they totally had da 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 And I know that's not something that other people would normally like point out. I'm like, what sign are you? You know, and a lot of times I'm right. It's just their energy. vibe with but their astrological though, sign. Because sometimes if the goal of getting somebody's sign is to like get to know them better so you can interact with them better, Sometimes asking what their sign is blocks that off because it makes them feel like you're boxing them into a box that they don't identify with. So I know I feel that way. Mm. So somebody asked me my sign, they have good intentions. But for me, that communicates to me that you're trying to make assumptions about me and it bothers me. Okay. So that's what I kind of mean. Like, I, I think I that there's some that. stretch for me to give where I'm like, I got to stop trying to make fun of and police people's beliefs because it's very fucking annoying. It's aggravating. And it's like also disrespectful to the fact that like, I actually fuck with that person. So if I don't like the way they see the world, that also says I don't like them, which mm -hmm. is not true. So <laughs> I know what adjustments I have to make. I'm asking on the other side of I things. Can, I can get, I can get why you, mm -hmm. why you feel that way. Actually. I'm yeah. I'm like, now I know how you feel about it. I'm definitely going to think more about when I meet someone new about mm -hmm. not putting that like completely on them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't think about it like that. It's almost like saying like, oh, you're Asian? You're Korean? Yeah. Oh, you like kimchi? It's like, damn, chill out, mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I do. But. Yeah, but why are you just automatically putting this on me? Like, maybe I hate mm-hmm. fucking kimchi. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just never thought about it like that because I it didn't come from that place. But mm-hmm. now I now that I know it does, it's like, oh, shit, that is kind of like rude. Like, mm-hmm. oh, bitch, you a Virgo. Oh, you know. Oh, I've had, I had a girl walk up to me straight up, ask me and turn around and run. <laughs> I feel like this the thing is my I'm like, like <laughs> yo, I'm not like them. I used to be more flexible about it. I thought it like when it was just me and I had like a respect for it. I think once I had a kid, it started to bother me more. Yeah, because like don't put that on my baby. Don't put it on my baby. Yeah. Oh, you're don't, so mad about that. Don't put it on my unborn baby, especially yeah. because Ryu, my firstborn, is November, which I find that Scorpio is one that people have a very strong opinion about. And so I would meet so many people who would start telling me about my unborn baby or warning me about my unborn baby. And I was just like, like, this is crossing a line. Like, how are you not seeing that this is like uncomfortable? I would never, you know, even if I was like top psychologist in the world, it'd be so obnoxious if I went to your house, (laughs) met your kid and started psychoanalyzing (laughs) you. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's, but I also think too, like, then I overcorrected and then got too aggressive. Yeah. (laughs) So I just kind of want to find my place back to the middle. For real. Bring it back. I noticed that. But that's what you know what for me was an aha because I've never really been a believer. So as a dater, that's never really like been a part of my repertoire. Yeah. And because most straight men are not into astrology. So I never had a man like do that to me or assume for me. But if you were to like give advice for people who are like coming from the standpoint that we are as friends of like, it's really not this person's perspective and it really is this person's perspective. Like what advice would you give for them to still be able to communicate intimately and respectfully given their different perspectives. If it's important for them to connect with people at that level, some people, it just doesn't matter to them. You know, they're very, they're fine with just not going deep, you know, very surface level. And then they find other surface level friends. And see, I don't like this language. (laughs) It sounds judgmental. Like, I don't think that Shan doesn't like going deep. Oh, I wasn't saying she doesn't. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's kind of the perspective that too sometimes that like people who don't like astrology don't like to go deep. It's like, no, we do. We just don't think that this is a pool that gets us there. Um, right. I was just saying in people in general that don't want to do the work at all. So it wouldn't be a deal breaker for you in dating if the person didn't believe in astrology. It would be a deal breaker if they didn't have some tool for self-insight. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, and I keep bringing up Jacob, but that's my reference point, reference point when it comes to like my most successful relationship. And I do think that he is someone who has been able to kind of navigate his emotions because he grew up with a mother that was very aware and very spiritual. It, it's just been a tool for people to really be able to like self-reflect and like think about why am I like this? Why do I do these things? You know, that's what, I don't know. That's what I kind of feel. It's just a tool. And, but now again, now that you said what you said about it, it does make me feel like shit. I need to stop doing that. Like mm-hmm. you need to stop fucking saying people, you know, even with kids, it's like what you're saying. Why the fuck am I just automatically assuming I'm gonna know what a kid's gonna be like? <laughs> you don't know shit about this fucking kid. <laughs> That's some weirdo shit. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it, but it is. It's like, oh, yeah, they're going to be playing basketball and shooting hoops. (laughs) My friends, thank you so much. 
Now, if you want to hear more of Tony and her incredible voice, you have got to listen to her latest album, Don't Talk to Boys, on Spotify. You can also hear some of the singles on YouTube. But just catch up with Tony in general, who is a mom, a comedian, just like a life hack. I love following Tony. I think you will too. So it's at Tony R O M I T I on Instagram. You can also stay on Instagram and then hop over to Amber's page, which is at Amber's Closet. Um, She continues her fight for LGBTQ plus voices, especially, of course, in the summer months coming up. You can expect a lot of insight and activism on black and queer experiences from Amber. So please hit follow. If that's not your platform, Amber's also on TikTok. She's on Facebook. She's on YouTube doing the great work there. Everyone falls in love with Amber. So I invite you to do the same Speaking of love, I have loved having you all here for this discussion. It's been a pretty terrifying past month for me here on Lovers and Friends, tackling topics that I know can be alienating and sharing my perspective and belief system that I know can conflict with a lot of yours, whether that be on the God and Sex episode, the episode on gender nonconformity, and then now here. I've been afraid to talk about astrology and the fact that it's not my cup of tea because I know it fills so many of your cups and I don't ever want it to come across like just because we don't think the same things or arrive at the destination the exact same ways that means that we can't align and we can't learn from each other Um, and I definitely want to make it very clear that I learn a lot and see a lot of value through the perspective of people where astrology is their perspective And I hope that our differences actually deepen our bond together because that's what thought diversity is all about. It's getting different minds who go about things in different ways to try to accomplish the really big goals that we have in front of us, which again are just connectivity and intimacy and understanding, which are fucking huge words. Um, But I appreciate you all for being on this like rocky path with me. I probably pissed you off in the past month. Um, but you're still here. If you're listening, you're still here rocking with me. And I want to say thank you and shout out to you. Anyways, you know what's coming up right now, guys. It's that moment in time where I pressure you to go rate and review this podcast on Apple or on Spotify, because that is the metric that shows the world that people are tuned in. Yes, with podcasts, there's no view count. There's no comment section. There is no way of knowing that anybody listened to this other than that place. So whether you want to go there to tell me off or you want to go there to cheer me on, I don't care. I just hope that you go there and you make yourself seen and heard, not just to me, because I do read them, um, but to the world at large, that Lovers and Friends is a place that is doing the fucking work. So please, please, please go and do that. Um, But also, please just go and have an amazing week. Please go and find some joy. Please go and start an important dialogue, especially one that's inspired by this episode. If you got some apologizing to do and you know it, make some phone calls or do some texts um, and then tell me about it on Instagram or in the rate and review section on Apple or Spotify. I promise I'm done. We'll talk next week. Bye. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end. I say, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. And I say, lovers and friends.
Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Sham Boudram. This episode is also produced by Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Isabel Galan, Shared Entertainment's Sam Locke, as well as Workhouse Media. Engineering is done by Peter Karam. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Shared Entertainment's Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher Podcasts.